Welcome back to another episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I am Bobby Beach Patterson, as always, joined here by head men's basketball coach at Briarcliff, Mark Figuera. Coach, how are we doing after the uh, big road trip this weekend? We're doing good, Bobby. You know, we, we got to know each other real well um, in 11, hour, 11 hours on the buses each way this weekend. But uh, yeah, all in all, you know, good trip out to Indiana and just doing something a little different. As, as you know from your time in the program, we've been pretty standard who we played in the non-conference, pretty regional, and, and having the opportunity to do something like this, I, I thought it was a cool experience for our guys. And, and obviously playing some really good competition is only going to make us better as we move forward. So all in all, good trip. For sure, and, and we'll dive into that now here. And, and as everyone knows, uh, this last weekend, Ryder Cliff went over to uh, Indiana big road trip and test this weekend on Friday playing Indiana Wesson who's uh, NAIA powerhouse and, and well known and follow that up Saturday with uh, a game against IU East against the Red Wolves well I guess coach we'll start with uh, with that Friday game um, I know uh, kind of a cool little experience I know going through some channels trying to get the game here Friday uh, Briarcliff's on ESPN3 and that so that was pretty cool uh, having the chance to watch the boys online first half uh, guys started out great. I mean, offensively, anyone who knows Briarcliff basketball, um, that's the way that Briarcliff plays offensively. And it was funny having the chance to watch that game and also talk to Briarcliff alum Jackson Lamb. We were both going back and forth with, wow, we're getting penetration. We're getting kicks. We're getting extra passes and, and getting open shots. And, and just watching uh, that film in the first half had to be really pleased with how the guys came out uh, there in the first half. Yeah, yeah, I thought – I thought we, we did what we wanted to do offensively. Um, you know, we made, we made some shots, and as always, that's going to help. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't shoot the ball exceptionally well in the first half. I mean, we made seven threes, but I think we were seven for 19, which, you know, that's not a great percentage by any stretch. Uh, but I, I do think we, we put them in some scramble situations. We got some things going to the rim. And, and frankly, I, I was – a lot happier with our defense in the first half. You know, Wesleyan's a, a high-octane, explosive offense. You know, they, they came in and in their previous games that scored 99, 99, and 91 points or so, something like that. But they were averaging about 95 a game. And, and to hold them to 31 and a half, uh, we felt really good about that. I thought the guys really executed our game plan. You know, they, they – their five-man Seth Maxwell at seven feet is, is a load to deal with. I thought we did a good job double-teaming him and, and scrambling out of it. And for the most part, we rebounded really well in the first half. And, you know, the pessimist in me, you know, Bobby, you, you know how I think at half times. But, uh, you know, we were up six and, and had, a, had a buzzer beater to go up six at, at halftime. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, man, we probably should be up 12 or 15 right now. We made a couple more shots, had a couple – couple careless turnovers I thought but all in all you know we felt pretty good about where we were at and you know it was a great first half and you know and then unfortunately um for whatever reason we weren't able to quite sustain that in the second half and you know early on we missed some shots they made a couple shots and you know I don't think any of us had this grand illusion that we were gonna just go to Indiana Wesleyan and blow them out um you know even having to leave at halftime that that's just not how I think anyway but, uh, you know, I, I knew we were going to get a, a run from them. And, you know, those first seven, eight, maybe even nine minutes was pretty back and forth. Um, we, we started to struggle offensively. 
um, had some great looks um, from three. And, you know, eventually they, they really crashed the old boards and we didn't handle that all that well in the second half. I don't think we played all that bad defensively. You know, we had a couple lapses in our ball screen coverage that, that cost us a couple easy ones, but you know, they had 12, 13 offensive rebounds in the second half. And, and I think they scored on dang near every one of them. And, and that was one of the things we really talked about with our guys is limiting those easy points for Wesleyan, whether it's in transition or, or second chance. And that's how we got the lead in the first half. And we just – we didn't do as good of a job in the second half. And and once they started to make a bit, little bit of a push and we were missing shots, we pressed offensively, threw up some tough shots. Um, and, you know, eventually it, it got a little out of hand. We lost the game and, you know, it was disappointing. But I think if nothing else, it shows us that, you know, when we're doing what we, what we need to do and we're playing our game, we can play with – about anybody because I mean you you said they're there that's a powerhouse program they've got a lot of banners on the wall to to back that up at that place and uh you know so I, I was really happy with our first half certainly disappointed um that that we didn't play as well in the second half I think the guys were too but uh you know the the nice thing and the tough thing about playing in the the back-to-back weekend classics is you get a chance to to bounce back and, and one of the things we've talked about one of the things our guys have actually talked about not so much me is is just being being a resilient team and bouncing back and we talked saturday morning here, here's an opportunity to do it you know we, we we've talked about it now let's let's go do it um and and so looking at saturday's game iu east another program who you look at the last decade they've got a pretty impressive resume you know, a ton of national tournaments. They've been at two Final Fours. Unfortunately, both of those were at our expense. You were a part of one of them. Um, you know, they beat us in the Elite Eight in 16 and 18. And, you know, you know, sometimes you think about, like, revenge. Well, there's nobody on the team that was a part of any of those teams, so that's out the window. But, you know, I'm sure there was a small part of myself and Coach Forbes that got a little extra out of uh, that win on Saturday. But – you know, I, I thought for the most part we played pretty well Saturday. Um, you know, we had one stretch where got a little careless with the ball and allowed them. We were up 11 or 12 in the first half, turned it over. They got a couple easy buckets. We let them get back in it. And then started the second half, had two defensive lapses that cost us six, frankly, dumb points. Um, but I, I thought the guys did play with a lot of resiliency. And, and weather and a couple of runs that, that IU East threw at us, and, you know, from the 13-minute mark on, we really controlled the game. I thought we played with a lot of patience offensively. You know, IU East presses, and they're really aggressive. They try to speed you up and get you to, to do dumb things, take dumb shots, have careless turnovers. And I thought we did a really good job of, of handling that and, and being patient, working. You know, there's times we were scoring with two seconds, one second on the shot clock, but we ended up getting great looks because of it. Um, and so, you know, we talked about resiliency. I think guys, guys played with it. Guys showed it. Um, had some really good defensive stretches. And, you know, we've talked a lot with our team this year about, you know, the depth we have, the multiple options we have. And I think you saw that on Saturday where our bench was really good for us. Um, you know, you look, Nick Hoyt had 24 off the bench. And, we, you know, we know when he, when he gets it going – when he feels really good about his shot, he's going to make a bunch of them. Um, and he got it going. 
Uh, Mess Stillwell was huge off the bench. He had 10 points for us. And, and I thought he did a lot of things that didn't show up necessarily in a box score. You know, he had some great driving kicks that started scrambles that ended up with somebody else hitting a three, three passes later. And, you know, he made some defensive plays, deflections, dove on the floor for a couple loose balls. And then, you know, I thought maybe the guy who sparked us as much as anybody was the guy who scored two points in the game. And, and that was Sammy Green. You know, he, he didn't score much, but he came in and he wasn't phased by the press. Did a great job of just kind of directing the offense, getting guys involved. And, and just making some plays and, you know, in, in a game where, um, you know, our starting guards didn't shoot it exceptionally well. They didn't play bad by any stretch, but they didn't shoot it well. Just having guys on the bench come in and, and, and make some shots for us was really big. And, you know, the first three games, Borhaves kind of been our leading scorer and, and getting other guys involved. And, you know, that's just – that's the way our team's going to be this year. You know, we're going to have – we can go on a five-game stretch where we have five different league scores, and that, that is a positive thing. And so I, I was really pleased with, with how we bounced back. Obviously, ending the weekend on a win makes that drive home a lot more fun. Um, and at the end of the day, I think we played three really good halves of basketball, maybe, maybe three and a half. Um, you know, it's just unfortunately that that half um, really cost us on Friday. But, uh, you know, in the long run, we're going to be better for this trip, playing two good teams, um, maybe a little bit different styles than we normally see. We're going to be better in the long run for it. And I know we're going to talk next about this upcoming week, but, you know, we don't get much of a break here. Uh, we're going to be right back at it. But all in all, it was a great trip. And, um, you know, I was going to save this for shout-outs, but I'm just going to say it now. And, you know, Bobby, you know, you, you were part of the program. I'm, I'm usually pretty quick to critique people. Um, I don't think anybody would argue that. And I'm not always that quick to, to praise. But uh, I told our guys this afternoon to practice, I, we had so many comments from people at Indiana Wesleyan, whether it be people working there, fans, um, whoever, just about how impressed they were with our guys. Not, not basketball-wise, just how they handled themselves, um, how they – talked to people, thanked people, said hi to people. And, you know, that's, that means a lot. And, you know, it's a reflection of, of how good of dudes we have in the program. And, and so I was going to save it for shout outs, but I'll just say it now because it, it needs to be said. And it's something, you know, as a coach, it makes me incredibly proud that people would go out of their way to, to seek me out and, and say things about our guys like that. So all in all, it was a great trip. And, you know, now, we, we, we take the positives and, and try to build on those. And, you know, there's definitely a couple of things that we really need to hone in on here this week and, and buckle down a little bit. Um, but uh, we, we move forward. So I'm guessing that's where we're going to go next. For sure. Yeah. And right before we get into this week, I do want to bring up one thing here, obviously a really good weekend. Uh, nice to get that win at the end uh, to come back. Uh, and I don't want to pinpoint any one player in particular because obviously it's, it's always a team effort. But uh, a really big time thing happened over the weekend with Jaden Klein Hesslink, uh, the newest member of the Briarcliff Thousand Point Club. Just kind of talk briefly about Jaden and what his impact. Um, guy obviously came in freshman year, local kid from Sheldon, played on that national tournament team, and how the last few years he's carried himself and uh, kind of what he's meant to the team so far this year. 
Yeah. And thanks, Bobby. You just ruined my actual shout out. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, th I think, I think you said it, but I think he's the 47th thousand point member. And, you know, you think about that first, first of all, before we talk about Jaden, we've only played basketball for 55 years at Briarcliff and, and 47 guys scoring a thousand points. I mean, that's, that's something, you know, there's programs that have been playing a lot longer than us that, that don't have that many thousand point scores. I think that just speaks to the, the history, the tradition, and the amount of really good players that have come through the program over the years. But uh, yeah, Jaden, um, you know, I, I knew he was getting close and I, I knew it was going to happen this weekend. And then it wasn't, didn't actually hit me till some of the guys um, congratulated him in the locker room after the game. But uh, yeah, Jade, Jaden's a guy that, you know, came in as a freshman, beginning of that year was playing from the get-go, not playing a huge role. And then, you know, 10 games in, Eric Erdman breaks his leg and, and is done for the year. And all of a sudden, Jaden's thrust into a, a six-man role, and we're asking him to do a lot. Um, he probably has the greatest in-game um, butt-chewing for me ever. Um, that happened as a freshman. But, uh, you know, Jaden's a tough kid. Jaden has matured an incredible amount. Um, you know, as a freshman, he'd, he'd get down on himself. He'd get mad at himself. He had a complete meltdown in a national tournament game because he missed a free throw. And now, you know, I can still tell when he's disappointed in himself, but he doesn't let it affect his game. Um, he just keeps playing. He works incredibly hard. I don't think many days go by where he's not in the gym getting shots up on the gun, doing extra work on his own, and he's grown into a great leader. Um, guys look to him. Guys follow him. And, you know, he's had an incredibly strong impact on our program over the last three-plus years now. And, you know, just another, another accolade for him being a 1,000-point scorer. You know, he's already been a three-time All-GPAC player. And, you know, I don't see a reason he want to be a four-time after this year either. But, uh, yeah, awesome accomplishment for him. And, you know, it's a testament to how hard he's worked and, and how much better he's gotten over his time here. Absolutely. And I guess with that being said, we'll, we'll make our way into this week's games and, and we'll talk about it here um, a little bit after we talk about this first game, but we're slowly approaching GPAC play here, coach, this season already. Well, Bob, which... Bob, Bobby, it ain't, it ain't slow. Like we're recording this on Monday night. It's, it's like five days away, dude. There's nothing yeah, slow about. Yeah. It, it's quickly approaching here, but uh, first and foremost, we'll talk uh, Wednesday, uh, one uh, one of the final non-conference games you guys have slated. You guys are going um, on the road here again, making your way to uh, to Cedar Rapids, taking on the Mount Mercy team. Uh, after the weekend um, in Indiana, playing those non-conference teams, and then making your way a little bit closer back home, going to Mount Mercy. What are some of your expectations for that game, which is the final non-conference game leading into the GPAC? Well, I think, you know, it comes down to – we want to prepare to compete at a high level and we want to prepare to put together a 40 minute game. Um, because I, I, I don't know that I can say we played a complete 40 minute game yet. And what I mean by that is, is executing at a high level. You know, we talk a lot about playing our game, be who we are. We don't, we're not going to be good enough to win games playing somebody else's style. We need to play our style. We need to play our way. We need to do what we do. And we've been close. You know, I thought Bellevue, we were really close to playing a full 40-minute game. IU East, we were close. And then, you know, in the two losses we've had, Benedictine, 
and Indiana Wesleyan, we've had great stretches, but you know, our next step is to put it all together and, and what better time to do that in a game leading into GPAC play. And so, you know, first and foremost, that's what our expectations are. And, you know, they're good. Yeah, we're on the road again. Big deal. No excuses. You know, it's not going to be the last time we're on the road this year either. And so we need to be focused. We need to, you know, we talk about focused energy a lot. And, you know, we want to play high energy, but it needs to be focused on the, on the game plan, on the task at hand. And, and that's what we're going to try to do. And, and so, you know, Mount Mercy is a team that we have not played in. And I think I was an assistant the last time we played them. Um, but they, in a lot of ways, it's like playing ourselves. We run some very similar things. Uh, they shoot a lot of threes. They like to play fast. They like to get up and down the floor. And, and so from a, you know, scouting standpoint, a lot of it is stuff we see every single day um, playing against ourselves. And, and so part of that makes it easy, but, you know, you, you don't want to fall into the trap of, okay, well, we know what's coming. We do this. Um, you know, I'm going to cheat this and all of a sudden I get back door cut or I'm going to try to go steal this pass and we give up a wide open three. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun place to play. And in my time, we've only played there one time, but it's not an overly big gym, uh, but they bit, get big crowds and it's really loud. And so it should be a fun atmosphere. You know, we have a good amount of alums in that area. So I, I would hope we'd have a good amount of alums there. And, and so, and, you know, icing on the cake for the trip is Coach Schultz is uh, making the trip with us on Wednesday. So that's uh, – right. any Anytime you get two Catholic schools playing, that's just going to get Coach <laughs> Schultz excited. And uh, he, he called me today and asked if he could go. And, you know, how do you say no to Ron Schultz? So, exactly. uh, so yeah, absolutely. You can come with us to, to Cedar Rapids. So, so yeah, that'll be good. It, it you know, it's a, a, another good test for us. They're a good team. They're, they're two and one right now. Um, won their first two. And actually, like I told you before we started, I, I was watching the end of their game with St. Ambrose. They actually got beat here tonight, but um, they have a good team. It'll be a good test and, and we're going to need to play good basketball, you know, to come out of Cedar Rapids with a win on Wednesday night. For sure, and yeah, that tip-off for that game Wednesday night in Cedar Rapids. Um, again, Miles Mercy here is at 7 o'clock. Uh, and now we're going to kind of make our way into Saturday's game because, like we said, GPAC is underway. And, and what a bigger test and, and what a great way to start the season to see where you guys are at in the conference than with the Concordia Bulldogs coming to the Newman plan against center. And the COVID year doesn't help because there's going to be people saying this and, and this person's back, this person's back. But when you hear the names that Concordia is bringing back to their team this year, it's almost going to kind of think like, holy cow, this guy's still here. I mean, people who are familiar with the GPAC, you got Kent Smith, Wiersema, uh, you got Holt, Watson, all those guys coming back. That's a big time first test in a conference game for you guys. Uh, it's going to be really nice still playing at home in the Newman Plan against Center. That's going to be a great atmosphere. I already know that. What are you most looking forward to about that game and expecting from Concordia? Because with all those guys coming back, a lot of the same Concordia looks that we've seen uh, in the past years with Coach Lindback. Yeah, I, well, you, and you know this, Bobby. When you get to GPAC play, everything is just ramped up a little more. The intensity. Um, the margin for error shrinks. Conference games are going to be scouted at a higher level, more in-depth than a non-conference game, the intensity within that game. And, you know, when you play a 20-game season and you play everybody twice, 
every game is so important. And, you know, I guess having GPAC games in, in front of fuller crowds than what we had a year ago is what I'm looking forward to the most. But, man, GPAC games are fun. And, you know, playing in a league where everybody's good, you know, you, we're going to be tested 20 times in GPAC play this year. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And, you know, Concordia is a team that that is really – built a good program. Coach Lindbeck, I think, has done a great job. Um, you know, in his time there, you know, they got picked third in the preseason, went to the national tournament two seasons ago, and, you know, weren't all that far off last year. And they're – I think their team's really tough. I think they play really hard, and that that sounds stupid, but it just really stands out with them. Uh, they run the floor really hard. They cut hard. They defend well. They have multiple guys who can shoot it. Um, you know, again, another team that in some ways that we play a similar style. We do different things, but they shoot a lot of threes. They want to play fast. Um, you know, and so it's going to be a fun game. Uh, you know, it's a program like all in the GPEG I have a lot of respect for. And, you know, it's crazy, like you said, that here we are in GPEG play already. But, uh, Wow. What better way to start it at home against a, a really good team? And, you know, I know our guys will be jacked up and ready to go. And, you know, especially being back at home after it'll be, it'll have been three weeks since we played at home. And uh, that, that's going to be really, really fun. And, you know, should be a great GPAC basketball game. If I were a bet, man, I'd bet on that. Absolutely. So, yeah, like we said, this coming Saturday, November 13th, uh, the Concordia Bulldog men and women basketball team travel to Sioux City to the New Flanagan Center. Women tip-off uh, will be at 5 p.m. in the New Flanagan Center, followed by the men uh, immediately following that, tentatively 645 uh, in the New Flanagan Center. So make sure you come on checking out the Briar Cliff Chargers. Uh, like Coach said, first time in three weeks they've been back, so going to be a really good atmosphere, really good Concordia Bulldog basketball teams coming in, so want to check that out for sure. All right, now we're going to introduce our guest here on this week's podcast, and we are very uh, pleased and happy to be joined by second-year head men's basketball coach at Shadron State, Coach Shane Haven. Coach, how are we doing? Great. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. How's the, uh, how's the beginning of the season been so far for you guys? It was going well until practice tonight. We had, like, our worst practice. It's always nice when we have our first game on Friday, so obviously the world's coming to an end and we're not going to win a game. So talk a little bit about that, Coach. I mean, I know you guys haven't had a game yet, uh, just been practicing. You guys open up this week, uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, with a couple schools from, uh, from down in Texas. Is that correct? Yeah, we have the exempt weekend where you can play teams from your region. We're really fortunate that our region only has two conferences. Uh, so schools from Texas uh, play RMAC schools. We have a few schools in, like, Oklahoma, but we have a good deal with uh, – uh, Texas A&M International in Kingsville. So they come up here and we pretty much reciprocated. I think we're to re we're signing the deal again for another like four years uh, after this. So it makes it easy. Uh, and they don't complain about, you know, going to uh Shattern or Rapid City. And we don't really complain about going down there. So, so coach, um, you know, for, for the listeners who don't know, those who follow NAI basketball probably recognize your name. You had a long run, successful run at Bellevue um, for 11 years, if I'm not mistaken, and, and now in your second year at, at Shadron State, and which is an NCAA Division II school. 
what was the biggest change when you made that change in, in, in coaching from being at the NAI level for a long time and then going to the NCAA Division II? Media timeouts. Holy cow. We have more stoppage of play. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous. Like every, every four minutes, baby, we, we now practice four minutes at a time. Because and then uh, being at the Division Two level, a lot of referees are close to Division One, so we go to the monitor more than God at the end of games. There's times where, like we, I was like, "Hey, it's not against them. It, it, it can be for us, against us. I don't even care. I just want to play basketball." Sometimes, mm-hmm. and I, I joke and laugh about it, but it was kind of crazy. <laughs> it's just like, wow, we have so much stoppage of play. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because uh, a few years ago, I think it was my first year as a head coach, actually, at the national tournament that year, they added in three media timeouts for half at 15, 10, and 5. And I, I ran out of things to talk about. You know, there's only so much you can do. And then this past weekend out in Indiana, uh, we had media timeouts at sixteen, under 16 and under 8, assuming you hadn't had a, a full timeout. And and two times this weekend, I called a full time out, and the ref just kind of looked at me like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Give me a thirty instead. Actually, I'll save that. Save that media time. I like two of them is not bad. Actually, I kind of liked it. But uh, man, if you guys were doing them every four, I would run out of things to talk about. And then there's something if you if you don't use one, you lose it in the first half. So you're trying to figure out like, oh, which we use this? You know, you know. Is that a, is that a full you have to use in the first half? Yeah, I, I have to look again because it was either a full or 30, but now I'm just like, it does matter like at the end of the games. Cause you only have three timeouts basically then mm-hmm. so in the games they do, but they go quickly if it's a tight game, but there's a lot of stoppage of play with the monitor as well. Cause we were not very deep last year and there's times I'm like, well, we got a nice little breather here and they're checking things out. And usually it's, I don't know. It wasn't even that close. I didn't think. So, so talk about your team this year. What, what, what are you liking so far? I know you guys uh, had a pretty good year last year, got into the conference tournament. I know that was the first time in a while at Shattered State. So what, what do you think about this year? Well, we do like our recruiting class. Uh, like, like I mentioned before, like kind of the pre stuff, we're, we're just injured. We had one third of our lineup was out tonight for practice and none of it is, it's just, wacky you know like uh well the kid that was in uh mates of Henstrom that was at Hastings College he just tweaked his ankle on Saturday so he couldn't really go uh somebody had their wisdom teeth out uh, someone's back just started spasming out of nowhere uh one kid is still this is the most serious one had a car accident not his fault he was in an uber and got whiplash which is a traumatic brain injury and he's only got cleared for two days and his symptoms came back. Uh, one kid that we knew his back was kind of messed up. We're getting him back to healthy uh, and just sickness. And this, it's just annoying stuff that you just can't get all the group together. So we really like our group. We, we added, I think we added some talent. Uh, our guard core was pretty good last year. We had a our young man, red shirt. Who's he's a really good scorer. So it's just getting everyone on the same court together and kind of building that chemistry. And we did add size, but it's nuts. You know, we have four bigs and only one practice tonight. And our bigs are like 6'11", 
and we're just like, holy cow. You know, I swear to God, we could have 50 bigs and they'd all find a way to not be there. But I mean, they're good dudes and it's not like they're, it's, you know, enough, you know, the most serious one is just the concussion stuff, but it's not like there was their choice or anything. So we're looking forward to a, hopefully a better season than last year. But I don't know, the, the start of the seasons, just our depth is really going to be tested. Yep, and you guys, so you guys go this weekend, and how soon do you start conference play? Is that a ways away, or do you guys get into it pretty quick? Pretty quick. Uh, we basically have three weekends to get your non-conference games in. Uh, our first weekend in December, we start a conference game. We play 22 conference games. And this year, we're taking – once every four years in Division Two, you can take a trip, and we're going to Puerto Rico. Uh, and then uh, – so we're getting two extra games this year. So we can play 30 and let us, you know, your usual 28. I gotcha. So after, you know, being in the North Star Conference for a while, you know, travel's not always ideal, especially where Bellevue was located. But talk about the travel in the in the RMAC Conference, especially where you guys are located. And, you know, for those that don't know, the RMAC, correct me if I'm wrong, covers Western Nebraska, South Dakota, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah, correct? You are exactly right, and the North Star prepared me for the RMAC travel, baby. It's not easy, and it's not fun. Uh, we do play back-to-back -back like we did in the North Star. I will say this, not to offend anybody in North Dakota or anything, I get to travel to Denver, Salt Lake City, some beautiful areas. Uh, that's a little bit better than traveling to Mayville and Dickinson. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Yeah, the cities are uh, no argument here. Yeah, there's a. Uh, it's much more picturesque. The only place that we probably travel to that no one's jealous is we kind of put it on like, recruiting. Like, yeah, we go to Las Vegas. I'm like, coach, you go to Nevada? I'm like, ah, it's Las Vegas, New Mexico, which is not probably the uh, the picturesque place you're you're envisioning in your head right now. But yes, the North Star did prepare me for the the rigors of travel on the bus. So, so coach Pavin talk about, you know, you coached in the NAI and, and actually before you became a head coach, you were an assistant coach at Morningside. Um, so talk about any memories you had playing Briarcliff. I know you had a lot of games, whether it was as an assistant at Morningside or, you know, I know we played about every year when you were at Bellevue too. So any, any good memories there? I think so. The one thing I will always appreciate is like the NAI level, just the coaches. I think the coaches get along really well. Uh, everyone's more uh, very welcoming and friendly. They kind of know like, hey, this is not Division One basketball. You know, everyone has an ego that they want to compete and win. But, you know, you see a lot of guys support each other when they have success, uh, when you have a run to the Elite Eights. You know, I'm, I'm just as happy as for, you know, for you than anybody else. It's just like, uh, I just saw that a lot in the NEI and just all the way around. It was more, it was a lot of fun. You know, the national tournament, it's unfortunate. Branson and College of those Ozarks had their decisions uh, for like, you know, the kneeling and stuff. Cause they did do a great job of putting the national tournament on. So it was really fun and, 
there, I, have, I have a ton of great memories uh, for Briarcliff Morningside. I think it was the first or second year and the benches were flipped. And I just remember your floor being so damn dirty and like the crowds would like literally walk across the floor right in front of your bench and it'd be packed. And, you know, it was such a fun rivalry because obviously in the same city. And so you're getting crowds of pretty close to, you know, sellouts or, you know, 90, 80% capacity. And it was so intense. It didn't really even matter the records because I, I think one time I didn't think Briarcliff had a great record, but they actually got us uh, just because they, you know, it's just one of those rivalry games that people get up for. And no, I just, it's great. You know, obviously uh, coach Nelson and coach Barry, uh, great coaches, you know, they had to leave the reins to you. So, you know, we're going to make up for some mistakes, but uh, cause I know what you're going to bring up. So, but no, not, not yet. <laughs> But they're just great guys. It's kind of funny where I'm just like, yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed every head coach at Briarcliff. Just thought, thought, thought the world of them. It's just they're good dudes and fun to talk to, and you still can learn a lot from them too. My last game as an assistant coach was against Bellevue in the national tournament 2017. You guys went on a Final Four run that year. And, uh, you know, what I remember – most of well, I remember a lot of things about that game. We could talk about Jalen Hall hitting a huge three in the left corner with about forty seconds left, and all we can talk about that. But if you recall, you were not thrilled with the matchup. We were not thrilled with the matchup because we had already played, and the NEI has always done a pretty good job of of not letting that happen in the first round of the national tournament. And we got matched up as a as a regular season rematch, last game of the first round which is Thursday night at 9.15 tip-off. We had two overtime games during the day that pushed everything back and the infamous hour-and-a-half tornado warning. I think we tipped off at about 11.30 p.m. And, oh, and terrible. We, I remember we – I mean, we got beat, so we were done. You guys won the game. We got back to the hotel at like 2 a.m. You guys had to turn around and play at 4 p.m. that same day and ended up winning that game and, and going to the final four. What, what do you remember about that game? I just, I remember being, you know, sheltered in the back hallway at Keter gymnasium and in, in, in Branson and there's like 300 people and you're there and we're there and we're trying to get ready to play each other. And we're in a dang tornado warning. Oh, a hundred percent true. And then what's funny is uh, first, like my assistant coach at the time, coach Marcial, had never, he was from California, had never been around a tornado. And he was kind of freaking out. And he, I was like, nah, don't worry about it. It's not that close. And, you know, Midwestern people just kind of know. And then, holy crap, he was like legit nervous. And I was like, I was like, oh no, he's actually scared. I'm like, calm down, man. You're good. We're like, there's nothing's going to happen. <laughs> And I still remember talking to Nelson after the, the brackets were announced, the crappy timing. And I don't know who was more pissed, myself or Nick, because he went on a rant. And whoever the uh, director of the national tournament was just got an earful from both of us. The abuse he took was just – he was getting – if it wasn't on the left cheek, it was the right cheek. It was just – 
just and, and probably a sniper shot from the peanut gallery coming from me too at the time. Oh yeah, you have. I mean, come on now. We all know you have some good one-liners that are <laughs> on point and like tip of the spear too. They they cut deep and they they puncture. Uh, and I was just laughing because it's like this is a joke, and uh, I'm going to throw Coach Delton Deal under the bus here a little bit, but. Thank God he kept his team, his York team, to watch our game the whole night. And because that, that 4 o'clock game the next day, it was an injustice to college basketball. It was so incredibly poorly played. It was just like two sleepwalking teams. And I still remember, like, I don't think we have the legs to compete. And we played zone for the first time, maybe all season. And – uh, Cardenas and Hilton got hot and they brought us back and we won probably one of the worst played college basketball games in after tournament history. Uh, it, it was an awful game. I refused to watch it because it was just ugly and awful. And we went to a zone and we never play zone and got lucky. And then obviously in the elite eight, we just pull a massive upset and Coach Lightfoot, I actually apologize after the game. <laughs> I gave him a hug. I'm sorry. I'm like the only team I didn't want, you know, to beat you is I mean, I was only I was like I was rooting for them because he announced his retirement and Coach Lightfoot was such he's just a great dude and still a mentor in my life uh, as a coach. And I always tell him like, yeah, the reason why you lost your point guard had the dumbest fouls in history. They were a plus like twenty when he was on the floor and a minus 22 when he was off. like, wow. it, And then Nick Hilton just went off from the arc and hit eight for 11. So, yeah, I, that, that tournament was just crazy, like how it was set up. And I, I did notice there were some changes the next year. I think uh, the abuse taken by the director of the national tournament felt it from uh, Coach Pavin and Coach uh, Nelson. Yep. So – Hey, Coach, uh, this is kind of a random question. What's your career record in, in UNI's head-to-head games? <laughs> well, we outplayed you at least once but lost the game because someone can't cover a three. Uh, the first time we played, like, I've never, like, oh, God, these boys are – you know, sometimes you're getting ready to warm up and you're like, uh-oh. And it was the year after we played in the national tournament, and you had a very focused group at Midland and just abused us. <laughs> From the well, tip. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what's funny about that is, and, and Bobby, if he remembers, Bobby was a, a student coach for us that year. Um, we played that game right after Thanksgiving down at Midland in a classic. And, you know, going into it, we had, we had talked to our older guys like, hey, this has nothing to do with last year. Like, this <laughs> is not like some big revenge thing. Like, I remember saying that. What did that was, say? That's a lie. <laughs> well, and, and it was. You know, but I wasn't going to make that the the focal point of a scouting report or anything like that. What had happened, we lost at Dakota State earlier that week and, and did not play well as our first loss of the season. And I think more than anything in that moment, that, that got our guys' attention. Um, their ears perked up, and they were pretty dialed in scouting report-wise and, and execution-wise for that game. I was at that Dakota State game, and I go, oh, this is not good for us. It, it like, you know, coming out, you know, everyone focuses in better after a loss. Mm-hmm. And basically just poked the bear. And was it Erdman and Wolf? Yep. Just had a heyday. It was <laughs> just, 
I think the abuse that yeah we were. I mean, whatever the score was, it probably wasn't even that close. You know, it was probably like you won by like fifteen, but that sounds you, about right. You, uh, it was never in doubt. And then the next day we had to play Morningside, so got abused by my old school too. <laughs> well, then you know that second year we won a game at our place and Jackson Lamb hit a three with like 0.8 seconds left or something. Oh, shot hit all night. Yeah, it, it was. And, and, and frankly, you guys outplayed us most of that game. I, w- I would say. Yeah, it was unfortunate because we were not playing very well at the time. And I, you know, there's games where you, you win where you probably didn't deserve to win. And there's games where you lose where you're like, Oh, we outplayed them. And, but Hey, they made enough plays. Kind of the yeah. same thing happened in the 2018 tournament. I thought we outplayed Northwestern. We just couldn't make a shot and loved our game plan and everything. But sometimes, you know, that's that sports. It doesn't work out. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was, I was texting with another coach here recently. And as much as, as coaches, we don't always want to admit it. A lot of it comes down to, are you making shots that night or, or aren't you? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I always say if Nick Hilton doesn't go eight for 11 in the lead eight game, we're not even in the game. So it was, you know, it's still about the players and just, you know, putting in the situations where they can be successful and, you know, playing a little defense here and there and rebounding. Yep. Yep. You're spot on. Coach, I could be completely off here, Coach Pavin. When you were at Morningside, did you coach Trent Miller, or were you there before he was? I was there before. I coached like uh, Pargett, uh, Jack Rother, uh, Matty Johnson, and I left. That was one of the harder decisions because uh, I was like the recruiting coordinator, and we just came off a, a difficult season. We were 19-13, and 13, but we lost every close game. I do think the basketball gods uh, – uh, brought us back to reality because in 2007 we went to lead eight and won every close game and we beat Dana in college in like four or five overtimes I can't remember there yeah, was two, that was 2006 but yeah 2006 and you know someone could have been on the court at the time that we know but you know it was defensive liability definitely uh, absolutely <laughs> but yeah that was a group Jack Rother was a heck of a player I had one point that game. <laughs> and it was like 125 to 122. It, it was 135 to 133. I went I went 0 for 3 and 1 for 2 from the line. I've never and, been exhausted like I was after that game. Uh, we won and, and I was like I had no emotion to say good better difference. The thing was, you know, I played like 25 26 minutes. So I played like 9 minutes a game. So I, I was dying like Every, all our bigs fouled out except for me and you know Mark Esser fouled out early and you guys played like a diamond and one or a box and one on on Isaacson and I just I did nothing but set screens the entire over like three overtimes all I did was set screens and I got Paul Larson like punching me in the gut coming through every screen and the next morning I'm just bruised felt terrible and again was just exhausted because I never played that much well, it guess what? Whatever defense we were playing on Isaacson, it didn't work because he banged down what two or three like game tying shots in yeah. forty on us. And uh, yeah, it was you know that was a classic game, and you know you guys had a really good team at Dana. It didn't click, and it kind of 
you know, unfortunately, that game kind of turned your season on a downward spiral a little bit. Yep, it did. But you guys, I mean, that was a you know, when, basketball team. When, when you were at, at, at Morningside and I was playing, we always played good games. I Except mean, the Dana. We always smacked it when you came to Dana. There was one game we needed to win so bad, and I was so nervous. And we just went out there and dominated. It might have been only one time we went to Dana and played well. Because I think it was when Sykes forced Matty Johnson. We stopped at the convenience store. He had to get a, buy a razor and go shave before the game, before we allowed him to play. <laughs> Sykes didn't have, like, he wasn't a stickler on a lot of rules, but he, man – when he had a few, he was – I mean, he had like one or two. Like facial hair bugged him. <laughs> huh. It was like wow. the Yankees. Don Manningly, you better shave that mustache. <laughs> I was thinking of the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns puts together a baseball team and he keeps saying, Mattingly, shave those sideburns. And he comes with like a shaved head and he keeps saying it to him. Hey, before we let you go, Coach, you made me think of one thing. I believe it was the 2015 national tournament at the Dixie Stampede. And for those who don't know, we had a, the opening banquet of the national tournament was always at the Dixie Stampede. And, you know, the show is a little corny, but it's kind of a fun deal. The food's really good. It's definitely an experience. If nothing else, it is an experience for everybody involved. And they always have a certain segment where they bring some people out of the crowd to participate and I believe your event was throwing toilet seats as horseshoes. And it didn't go very well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is not true. I was defeated. I will, you know, I can take an L. But they also said it was the most competitive toilet seat because uh, they're no longer in the NEI. But uh, the coach, um, Chad, uh, was uh, my, uh, my uh, opponent and everyone wanted to make fun of me or him because usually one person embarrassed themselves. And they're like, no, it was actually really competitive. You like, you probably the closest loss, you know, ever. And he did win the medal, but it was uh, by inches, not by uh, feet. So I have nothing to be ashamed of in my. Uh, well, other than the fact that you were throwing toys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The nice thing when you go to the national tournament, I was like, hey, man, I know that I knew the uh, Dixie Tempeed, sh you know, show inside and out. I'm like, hey, there's something a little different this year. You know, Skeeter. I was always impressed by the uh, <laughs> the people the, uh, that, that chopped the wood because that was legit. And how fast mm -hmm. they could go down a, a log. I was like, no way. Uh, no, thank you, sir. Because they were they were cooking. <laughs> That's awesome. So, all right, Paven. Appreciate you guys having me on, though. Thank you. Yeah. And, and best of luck. No joke. Yep. Best of luck. Start winning those games. Same to you. We'll be following and uh, have a great year, Coach. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, nice Thanks to meet you, awesome. Coach. Appreciate it. Take care. See you, Shane. Bye. And now, Coach, it's time for uh, the Life Rules segments. I know everyone's favorite years, uh, years as well. What do we have on the agenda uh, here this week? You know, Bobby, a lot of times my life will stem from something that, that happened in the past week. And when you're on a bus with 18 to 22 year olds for an extended amount of time, you come up with a lot of them. And frankly, then I forget most of them. 
here it goes, Bobby. I yelled at a couple of our guys about this. When you're in a hotel, my biggest pet peeve is letting doors slam. And it's amplified when you put like the, the inside lock on so it doesn't actually shut all the way and you let it slam against that piece of metal. It's terrible. It's rude. And I yelled at three straight players walking into Coach Forbes and I's room for scouting report. So when you're in a hotel, just remember you're not the only one there. There might be other people trying to sleep, relax, whatever. Don't let your door slam. Pretty simple. Just, you know, kind of pull it shut with your arm and, and, and we'll be all good. Yeah. Being a part of the program, I 100% know where you were going with that. So very good life rule. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll make our way into shout-outs here quick uh, and the shout-out um, for this week. And, and, Coach, you got a shout-out here this week? Yeah, you already ruined it, but, you know, I think it deserves <laughs> deserves a shout-out. Jaden Klein has like 1,000 points. Uh, that's that's an incredible feat. And, you know, he, I hope he's got a few more in him here this year for us. Right. And I'm going to do a quick shout-out. So I'm going to give a shout-out to my wife here, uh, Courtney. I know that she's uh, – she, she's been really supportive here the last few weeks, been doing a, a lot of changes work-wise and then uh, allowed me to do the podcast and everything, which has been huge. So uh, shout out to her for, for being so flexible and supportive. Yeah. Shout out to Courtney because last I checked, I I'm still on her Twitter profile picture. That is, that is a hundred percent true. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. Just another reminder, Briarcliff Men's Basketball on the road at Cedar Rapids this Wednesday, November 10th at 7 o'clock for a tip-off, and then at home in the Newman Flanagan Center Saturday, November 13th at 645. Uh, going to be two great basketball games. Coach, really looking forward to seeing how the guys uh, continue to move forward here as we get going. Yes, sir. Me too, Bobby, and uh, appreciate everything, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Good luck this week, Coach. Take care. Thanks, Bob.